Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Welcome to the For Love of the Land podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. Each week, we're interviewing guests from across America. They all have one thing in common. They all are tied to the land. So if you're like us and you love all things land, welcome home. All right, thanks for listening to another For Love of the Land podcast. I'm your host, Matt Dye. And I've got a special podcast for everyone listening this week um, that kind of hits home for me. And, and I mean home in, in a couple different ways. Um, we're taking it back to the old Dominion State. And um, I was recently at an event called the One Shot Governor Hunt in the state of Virginia. And um, just a super awesome event. This is, the, I believe, the fifth year it's been um, been going on and had the privilege year one to be a part of it with my brother and good friend Bryce Miller. Um but was asked to come back with, with the two of them and help guide some hunters. And I want to take some time this week to talk about the event, what it means for the state of Virginia hunters and um, new hunters too, and potentially people who've never hunted in their life. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a well-rounded organization that's a part of it. And with that organization, we have Jenny West on the podcast this week. Um, Jenny, are you there? I am here, Matt. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Thanks for coming on. Um, Jenny, why don't you talk about the Wildlife Foundation of Virginia and and what your role is there and how it's a part of the one-shot governor hunt? Sure. Absolutely. So uh, the Wildlife Foundation of Virginia is a nonprofit hunting, fishing, wildlife conservation-related organization. Um, we were founded in 1997, and um, we were pretty sleepy there for the first five or so years. We were formed around the gift of a large piece of property in the central part of the state. I came on as their first paid executive director in 2004, and, and we really sat down and tried, tried to strategize about what our mission meant um, as it related to the future of hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation in Virginia. And made the decision uh, almost 15 years ago that we would really focus hard on what we saw as challenges to getting people outdoors. And the number one challenge here in Virginia, and I know it's not necessarily the, uh, the same in the western states where there is just a, a tremendous amount of public land, is, is places for people to hunt. Um, particularly Northern Virginia, um, you know, that's so highly urbanized up there that, uh, the average travel time for a hunter in Northern Virginia to go to a spot to hunt approaches almost two hours, which is, you know, really incredible. Um, so, uh, that was a big focus of the, that is a big focus of ours is, is acquiring land to either manage for public access ourselves or to, um, work with our state wildlife agency, the Virginia Department of Game and Inland Fisheries, uh, on land acquisition initiatives and, and sort of be their private partner. Um, and then we also looked at 
so so we you know we, you have these you have this place to go what do you do with a new hunter how do you engage them or or not even just a new hunter but a non-traditional constituent mm-hmm. uh, or constituents that face new challenges so we do a lot with youth we do a lot with women and we also do a lot with wounded warriors sure, um sure. and we and we do events to engage those folks on on lands that not only we own but also you know through the generosity of landowners that are interested in supporting those kind of activities Absolutely. And so one of those big events um, that you guys do throughout the year, every year, is the one-shot governor hunt. And that is held, obviously, during spring turkey season, usually about the second or third week of the season, where um, you guys host an event, ask for guides and new hunters or participants as hunters um, to come in and work together, go hunt for you know one morning and come back and do this weigh-in, do this um, big dinner and fundraising event in the evening. But what's really neat is that it also brings in, you know, the state government or, you know, the political side of things um, where, hey, there's a there's a marriage between everyone that we've got new hunters, we've got guides, we've got landowners, we've got a nonprofit coming together in a state agency that everyone's working together for a common goal. So I know that's a quick synopsis of the one shot, but in, in your words, um, tell us a little bit about that event and kind of how it got started and, and why it's so important to this foundation and the state. Sure, absolutely. So what I will tell you first is that, uh, of course, you were involved with us the first year, and it was the uh, first Virginia's, uh, Virginia governor's one-shot turkey hunt. Uh-huh. Um, we actually are now calling it the Old Dominion oh, one-shot turkey hunt. And... We did that because we felt like um, we felt like there, there was maybe too too much politics uh-huh. that were read into it that first year. Sure, uh, it's we still enjoy an incredibly robust partnership with our state agency. Uh, we still bring together lots of interesting people from diverse backgrounds, but um, we just wanted to we just wanted to make sure that everybody that it was a welcoming event for everybody. Well, so sure. just a point of clarification. Um, it was it was the brainchild of the executive director at that time, Bob Duncan. He's he's recently retired. He's the mm-hmm. executive director of the game department. And um, he had had personal exposure to Kansas one shot governor's hunt and really felt like it would be a great way uh, to raise money for the wildlife foundation. Um, And so we launched that first year. We had some pretty modest goals we met them all. um, And we, and it just really seemed like it was a, it was an upbeat, um, cool way to expose turkey hunting and the the incredible conservation success story of turkey hunting in Virginia to up and coming hunters and and other folks who you know may have never hunted turkeys before or they've never hunted before and um, this year was our fifth year and we had 42 hunters mm. with 42 guides and I think we had 31 landowners. Um, some of the landowners obviously can accommodate more than one hunter on their property. Sure. And it was a great success. It was um, it was a great success. It's it's incredible to see the kind of the trifecta of sporting good retailers in Central Virginia: Bass Pro, uh, Green Top Sporting Goods, and Dance's Sporting Goods, 
all, you know, come to work really hard together, not in competition, to do something good for the Wildlife Foundation and for the people that we engage in the event. Yeah, no doubt. And that and that's such a, um, I guess, a humbling thing that, you know, to see all these people who, who should have competing interests come together on such an event um, yeah. to see, okay, you know, we all have this common goal. We're working towards it as a team and not as competitors. Um, you know, that space can get, you know, probably pretty competitive, you know, there sure. in central Virginia. But, um, you know, just, just from the outside perspective, yeah, that that's encouraging to see. Yeah, it is. And they're, you know, they're, they're just like everybody else. They need to make a living. They need to be successful in their business endeavors. But we all know that if we continue to see hunter numbers decline, particularly in Virginia, mm-hmm. and that's been the trend, you know, that uh, they're going to, they're going to be searching for customers sure. sooner rather than later. So, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so this year, how many birds that Saturday and this, you know, in Virginia, yeah. you can hunt from um, half hour before sunrise till noon. And noon. Yeah. So how many birds were harvested that one day? And it's just a single day event. Um, so one, one hunt, one morning that people, you know, the new hunters or you know, the hunters themselves and guides have a chance to be able to get out. How many birds were harvested this year? So there were eight birds harvested this year, and um, there is a little, you know, bit of competitiveness to the event. We <laughs> right. do, we do, um, we do have awards, and it's interesting. We were we had our debriefing meeting yesterday. The one shot committee did, and we realized that in five in five years of running this event, um, three of those years either the top bird has either been taken by a wounded warrior or youth awesome and this year was yeah this year last year it was a young a young kid who came in as a winner of an essay contest mm-hmm. and he harvested his first turkey with a bow which was wow. just incredible yeah and then this year uh was another essay contest winner a young lady who um who harvested the overall highest scoring bird and then and then just to top it off went on to win a lifetime hunting license in a youth raffle so great stories all the way around you know stuff that you really can't make up no, and no, um, no. i love to see these kids and uh first-time hunters put the smack down on <laughs> some right? of the more seasoned veteran turkey hunters out there no no <laughs> kidding no kidding they, they throw that competition uh a curveball that's for sure that's right that's it, right but it's so it is so refreshing to see you know they're at the awards banquet you know that that surprise and joy on that girl's face though when, when oh hey she took the biggest bird that weekend um you know, out of out of all these other hunters and, and being new to it and writing the essay, just that whole process and, and what this event, just one single event, does for her. Um, now she's now she's sitting there with a, a lifetime license in the state of Virginia. Um, yep. But this is something that's got she's going to remember for forever. And and all the other people, whether they won the biggest bird or not, you know, just that one time um, to be able to get out there and, and harvest a bird. Or in our case, um, my brother and I, Ashton, he'll, he'll be coming on later on with, uh, Caroline. This was her first hunt period. She had never hunted before. Um, we didn't have uh, a harvest that morning. We had birds within range and just super close. She just couldn't connect on it, but that was enough 
to hook her. I think she wants to get back out there. She wants to try it again. Um, and, and, and what more can you ask for? For one yeah, event right. to be able to do all that. Um, yeah, and that's just, yeah. This is one event that you guys do. What are some other things that you guys do throughout a year to bring awareness to the hunter numbers and engage more hunters in the state of Virginia? Um, well, we, we do a little bit of legislative work. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, were instrumental in bringing Sunday hunting to Virginia, mm-hmm. which, you know, regardless of where you stand on the issue, the bottom line is that more opportunities we can provide for hunters in Virginia, um, you know, the more hunters will be retained. You know, a lot of, a lot of folks aren't fortunate, like I am, um, that I, you know, have the abilities because it's almost part of my job to hunt and fish you know on my own schedule but a lot of people they all they have are the weekends and sure. when half of that weekend is gone um you know people don't people eventually can can make the connection that there's not a real good bang for the buck so um we weigh in on issues and you know at the general assembly that um are important to sportsmen and important to the sport we do a lot of other partnership type activities with the game department we have a grant program that we use uh, the the proceeds of which are used to connect youth to the outdoors Uh so last year we funded 31 uh, programs $80,000 and that money is derived from the sale of merchandise on an online store that's maintained by the game department and by the wildlife foundation and this year of those 31 grants, it's estimated that we impact 10,000 kids. So, um, yeah, and it's really, and and some of it's, some of it's beyond hunting. Um, we do a lot of work with archery in the schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's kids love to shoot a bow and arrow. They just really do. And there is, you know, there is a correlation between archery in the schools and kids eventually buying a hunting license. Um, and then we do a lot of a lot of uh, organized hunts and organized events throughout the year just to increase uh, youth and wounded warrior exposure to to the out of doors. Um, so I have a very interesting job with lots and lots of um, unique duties is a yeah. great way to put it. <laughs> unique duties. You have a lot of hats you wear, and you wear some. Yeah. At the same time, and others you don't, you only wear for a little bit, and and that's right. comes out the that's, right time of year. That's yeah, funny. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you guys are impacting a lot, a lot of folks, um, which is encouraging. And I know, obviously, there's people listening right now who, um, who've never hunted Virginia, don't have a stake, you know, in the in the state, or, or necessarily care. But um, what would you say to those people? You know, let's just say they're. They're listening from Ohio or listening from Indiana. Um, right. What would you say to them if, if they're interested in a program like this in their respective state? Um, how would they necessarily go about finding that um, or finding events like this uh, to take part in and, and help support? Right. So um, there are a lot of states that have a private wildlife foundation. I just, somebody just sent me, and and this is my my next uh, task. Somebody just sent me a link to uh, a benefit concert that Blake Shelton and Luke Bryan are doing for the Oklahoma Wildlife Foundation. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So, 
There are a lot of states that do have organizations that are sort of sister to ours. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, a Google search will uh, turn those up. Also, reach out to your game agency and see if they do have a sort of a nonprofit partner that they work closely with that does offer opportunities uh, for engagement in the outdoors and you know special events that are designed for hunter recruitment and um, because it's those you know it's those folks in the in the respective state agencies that really do at least in Virginia with with our state agency really do have their finger on the pulse of sort of where the needs are in terms of recruitment and retention and re-engagement and all that stuff and are working working hard for it and are grateful to people to have somebody like private foundation come forward and say hey what can we do how can we work together to mutually benefit our common goals and our common mission sure no doubt from your take your position jenny um five years where do you see and this is not like a or you know i don't want to pose that as a, as a doomsday question because I'm, I'm i'm very optimistic um of hunter recruitment and and those retention rates but where do you see it um even outside of just just virginia i know that's where you tackle uh, most of your time there but where do you see virginia or see where do you see hunter recruitment rate across the state across the country geez um, you know, it's a really timely question, Matt, because I noticed that, I mean, I've been, I've been in natural resources field for a, you know, a long time. I'm not going to say how long, give my age away <laughs> a lot. And, um, I've been in specifically in the hunting and angling and the natural resources for 15 years. Um, and I've always, I've, I've kind of always been a minority. Right. You know, you just don't see a lot of women hunters and certainly didn't see a lot when I was first starting out this job. Um, but when I looked around the room on Saturday night at the one shot celebration, it was a young, vibrant crowd with women there. Mm -hmm. And this was the first year that we had um, women guides and yep. we had a woman landowner and we had several women hunters so um, I'm optimistic also. I really am. I think that I think that um, social media is good and bad for the sport sure. by and large, you know I mean it does open you up to some you know uh, a, a sector that can be unkind towards uh, people who pursue you know passion in the outdoors. but um, it also uh, has made hunting you know appealing to the younger crowd. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. And so my hope is that we can all work together to harness that energy in a positive way. We can continue to highlight the work that, you know, hunters and anglers do for conservation and across the United States and how important it is for us to you know, be able to keep this sport vibrant and alive. No doubt. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there is is capture that energy, that good energy that's out there, um, that people that we don't normally reach and engage them and reach them. I think social media has that ability um, to, to do so in a pretty big way, pretty impactful way. It's just yeah. the way we approach it um, that's right. and, and how we share the sport with those, because there's so there's so many dynamics to it that people with zero background in hunting 
can still latch on and find something that they love about it. And that's why that's why the sport is so um, impactful to, to tons of different people. Um, you know, it, it bridges the gap between, um, you know, age, economics, race, everything. It brings people yeah. together and, and we can't, we can't lose that value. And I think, like you said, it's just, a, it's an emotional thing and we got to be able to, to be able to share that with people in the right way. Um, and, and that's why I'm optimistic about it. Right. Good. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear somebody else, um, that's not, you know, prepared to, um, only focus on the doom and gloom possibility. I, I think I really was energized by looking around that crowd on Saturday night. And, and we, when we did discuss, you know, um, everybody kind of felt the same way that, wow, we really had some, some younger people, you know, we had youth there, but mm-hmm. we also had, you know, the 20, 30 somethings that were enthusiastic. And so um, we all need to just keep doing good work. That's exactly That's right. right. No doubt. Yeah. Well, Jenny, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know you're, you're super busy. You've been uh, rocking and roll with this, this event. And um, just thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your perspective uh, the work that you do for the natural resources um, and the impact that it's made just in Virginia. Um, I mean, it's been huge. So we certainly appreciate that. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity to um, highlight some of the work that we're doing and get us more exposure. That's always very helpful. I was glad that you were able to um, make your way back to God's country. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It is. And that's a funny thing co-host adam i don't think you've had a chance to meet him at all but he has never been to virginia and he's like why do you go go back to virginia i'm like listen if you've not seen you know what virginia covers from you know the chesapeake bay all the way to southwest missouri you you're missing it like you you don't understand how diverse that state is and we always i mean habitat wise we, we preach diversity all the time i was like you got to be able to experience just one time. I'm not asking you to move or do anything like that, but just go <laughs> and experience, you know, east to west, what the state is and how diverse it is. It's right. incredible. And just the rich history of the state of Virginia. You can't yep. go there and, and not, not appreciate. I grew up, you know, the general, the Fredericksburg area and every other sign is a historical marker of, of, of some importance, whether it's revolutionary war, or civil war. It's like, this stuff is cool. You're, you're a part of yeah. it. You live in it. Um, yep. and just the natural landscape is, is pretty captivating too. So I love it and, and certainly appreciate it. Um, and, uh, again, thank you for your time, ma'am. All right. Next on the line, I've got Ashton Dye, my brother, older brother as a guide for the one shot governor hunt with me. And, um, Ashton, this is not your first event. No, this is the, my fifth year. So I've been very fortunate to be able to participate uh since the the very first year uh that it started so it's been really neat to see it grow it was definitely a much smaller event uh to to start with the very first year and it's kind of grown uh over the years so it's been neat to see it expand we've we've even had to well are they our executive director they've had to change their uh the venues to make sure that everybody can is able to fit into to attend the event, so it's pretty sure. neat to see. Yeah, no, it's it's encouraging to see an event like this, an outreach event uh, that's that's set to get new people outdoors, fundraise, and uh, kind of work side by side with the Department of Game and Inland Fisheries. You know that it's growing in this day and age with 
hunter numbers decreasing as jenny and i discussed um it's still encouraging positive to see hey there's attendance there's participation um and it's growing and i think you correct me if i'm wrong ashton but um like the number of entrances for the essay contest for for folks to be able to or, or youth hunters to get in um you know they they were rummaging through quite a few essays as well you know there's there's interest out there um from young kids to be a part of this event absolutely um i think this year we ended up with uh i know we had 10 youth mm-hmm. that were selected through the essay process um but i know that there were a number of other um youth that participated in the essay wrote an essay and submitted it um, but weren't selected um to participate so it's it's a pretty neat event uh for them i i can't even remember what the prompt was this year um but they do a pretty good job advertising we saw some things on social media um through the department game and fish for virginia and the Mm -hmm. wildlife foundation um make sure that that's getting out um so that our students and youth are able to participate in this opportunity definitely definitely and one thing that um Jenny, I talked about what was a lot of a lot of that, you know, hunter numbers and things like that and participation. Mm-hmm. But one thing, Ashton, um, that I know you and I both saw um, that I, I definitely want to highlight and Jenny touched on a little bit was the the landowners who came together from across the state. This is not just, you know, in and around the capital of Richmond, Virginia, that these hunts happen. You know, there was people hunting on um in Accomack County, which no one knows where that's at. That's on it's across <laughs> across the, the mainland, across Chesapeake Bay in the Little Peninsula over there. I think it's two or three counties over there. Um, Accomack yep. is one of those. And then there's people hunting in the mountains, you know, the same yep. equidistance west of Richmond. Um, you know, and, and this is just widespread. We all come together. Um, but it, it just is, it's a full state, full involvement. Um, Absolutely. But what it takes, though, too, is landowners who volunteer to host these hunters and host these guides and say, hey, welcome to my property. Here it is. I, I You know, open door, open gate policy. Come in. Enjoy it. I want you guys to enjoy the land. And and honestly, one, one of my favorite parts of this event this year was meeting Mr. Procise and his wife, um, their land, gorgeous tract of land in Amelia County, I believe, um, or Blackstone, Virginia, that we had the opportunity and pleasure to be able to go in and hunt. He was, he was so kind and so hospitable, um, but it takes people like him and his wife to say, come on into the property, open it up, um, open access for these events and uh, Absolutely, it took me back. Honestly, um, his generosity, and honestly, he welcomed Caroline, the hunter, back out to the property in hopes that she would get a turkey later into the season. I mean, yep. it was just—it was overwhelming how nice they were. No, it was—it was, it was awesome. So, like, to to give you a perspective, though, like our as a guide, we have a uh, we hold kind of a a quick meeting. Uh, where we get like typically our our landover information um, prior a couple of weeks prior to the hunt, and then it's up to us as our guide to touch base with our with our landowner and with our hunters to be able to get everything all the pieces in pa- place then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know from the very first time that I uh, 
called Mr. Procise. It was he was he was just so welcoming and friendly, and you know I've I haven't I've never had a bad experience with this event uh, mm-hmm. as far as our land owners, and it's it really is phenomenal, and they really make everything happen for us. Without them, it wouldn't be possible for us to get out uh, and have these experiences. Sure. Um, so I know, like Mr. Procise, like it was it was phenomenal from and you know from our first first phone call, and I was able to come down um, and. He gave me a tour of the property. I mean, he showed me everything on this property. Um, he, you know, stuck me on a four wheeler and um, I pulled, we had a, a, ma- a map and he was showing me, well, this is you know, where turkeys typically are roosting here. Uh, in the afternoon, we've got birds that are typically in, in this field and in this food plot. And it was just awesome for him to just ha- let us, uh, just take advantage of his farm and, yeah. and hunt and just go wherever we wanted. Uh, and I, I don't know if you touched on it earlier with Caroline, um, but I, our hunt, it was a, a slow morning to start with. We didn't hear a bird gobble first thing. And we sat and we were waiting and we sat up and called where there were typically birds roosted. And, you know, about an hour after uh, sunrise, you know, I got a text from Mr. Procise that there's a, a bird goblin on the other side of the, the farm. You know, he was out and was scouting for us, uh, even though he wasn't there with us and hunting. Like he was making sure that we had a the most successful hunt that we possibly could. So right, right. He he was there to help um, facilitate an, an experience for a new hunter uh, and did a phenomenal <laughs> job. And 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 his wife as well. Just again kind as could be i mean when we pulled up again it's it's 5 30 5 40 in the morning barely yep. cracking daylight and he's there porch light is on the the door um to the house is, is wide open hey guys you want coffee yep. you want water come use the restroom i mean he he was excited and you could tell it he was um oh, absolutely just to have us there and, and but that speaks volumes to him as and and uh, i guess as, as his nature but truthfully you know, looking back on it, it was, it was to me kind of eye-opening saying, you know, one day I hope that I will have the same opportunities to be able to um, open up property that I have access to yep. just like he does. Yep. And have that same, it's not even just, uh, I guess, ability to open up, you know, the, the front gate for someone, but it's the attitude that he had, though, too. I mean, he was willing and encouraged it and hope that he, the joys that he's shared on the experience. And this is a family property too. This was a century farm. So this is not just one that he just got and, you know, or hardly ever uses. This is home to him. Um, yep, this, but he, he grew up, he grew up in the, on the house right down the road and his, where his mom grew up at, like this is the, the family farm mm-hmm. that he's still able to, to live and enjoy. And the fact that he is, sharing that with us is is amazing so yes. but i'm with it like that's like mr Procise is is living the dream right now mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a a beautiful farm that you know he has access to and the fact that he's he's willing to, to share and do everything to make sure that we're successful is speaks to uh his nature uh, yes. and i think to the to the event as a whole mm-hmm. um we've had no doubt great opportunities you know it, it's nice you 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 hunt Saturday morning, and you have your banquet dinner afterwards, and like you just get you get to see 
and meet some of those other landowners that are there and you're sharing stories and you're talking with some of the hunters, like hearing stories from these with the youth. Um, the, the young lady that ended up winning was a, one of our youth essay winners. Um, and she was able, she was able to, and she, she won the, the tournament and the one shot and I can't remember what or what she received. She, she won. Oh, I think it was a lifetime hunting license, and then she won a shotgun yep. or something like that as yeah. well. I think all 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 of our the youth essay winners receive a, a lifetime license. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. But I think she, I think she did win a shotgun. But to see you know when they when they announced you know, that she had won, like you could just see her face light up, and she had you know by the time she got up to the podium and they were presenting her. Uh, with the trophy and the and and everything with I think I think it was da, uh, Bob Duncan that yep. was presenting it. Um, you know he he always had this big he always has a smile on his face, <laughs> yeah. but he has his his big uh, big old smile on. And she walks in and you know you can see like she's so happy and excited and she starts to cry and she's so excited. Like it's just it's just an awesome experience to be mm-hmm. a part of. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but I I think you know, just going back to to Mr. Procise there. He, him and his his mentality um is definitely a role model honestly for um me and i'm sure you as well hopefully you know Absolutely. later in our life that we can do exactly that he's done and hopefully that speaks volumes to you all listening as that's the mentality that mm-hmm. we need to have as landowners and as hunters as conservation as conservation is is not just about conserving but it's also the other leg of it is sharing it and that yep. true true conservation is what mr Procise is doing um and and it just honestly it was like set you back a little bit just from again i, I wish everyone could have experienced him and his nature um but man hopefully from from our perspective sharing it with you now you're able to capture um just just his uh his perspective on, on what it means to be a landowner, what it means to be a conservationist. So, um, man, that's awesome. And, and you know, it's funny, kind of ironic, Ashton, as sitting here recording this podcast, I've got this big picture frame sitting right next to me. It happens to be you, me, John Morris, and Bryce Miller. <laughs> and that was our first experience, the first annual um, one-shot hunt in Virginia. And John Morris was the first guy we took out a wounded warrior um and it's all four of us spread around uh, him and uh a big old turkey laid over his lap yeah that was a, a phenomenal morning uh a great way to to start the that the, this tradition so mm-hmm. and it has become a tradition unfortunately i've moved since and haven't been able to take part in it every single year but now, honestly, like going back to it this year was like, oh man, I got, I was looking forward to um, just it, it as an event, kind of being the tradition. You and oh, Bryce absolutely. have been, you know, looking forward to it and partaking it every single year. It's just like, absolutely. What do you do in the third week of season? Well, you know, it's duh. It's one of the, it's one of the few like times when you get to get together with uh, other hunters from all across the state. Like you said, there you had people all the way in the Panhandle to the Delmarva peninsula Mm -hmm. uh and and everywhere in between the four corners of the state and they were all participating um and they all come and you get to see them you know it's this one time a year 
you get to see the same faces uh, for the most part. You get mm-hmm. some new faces. Uh, some of our youth essay winners are definitely new to us. Um, but it's neat to see that and share that camaraderie. Uh, and, you know, you, you pretty much you pick up right where you left off from the last time you were there. Sure. And, and that's what it's all about is developing these relationships and utilizing hunting as an activity to build the relationships yep. and, and find new people. Um, I love it. And it's, it's an incredible sport. So, um, well, I appreciate your, your time and jumping on here and just kind of sharing your perspective as a guide as what this, this hunt does, what, what the one shot is, um, the impact that's had on you and, and, you know, a veteran hunter compared to Caroline or compared to the executive director, Jenny West and what it, what it just means. Mm-hmm. Um, you yep. know, it's important to share all sides of it. Um, to get a full understanding of the hunt um, as a fundraiser, as an outreach event. Um, but again, there, there's a lot of other elements to it. I like talked about with Mr. Procise. And, um, there are. I, just... I mean, there's – and everybody has a different perspective. You have mm-hmm. your first-time hunter, and, you know, she – it was, you know, 11.55, and we're like, man, we were – we felt so bad that we were able to have a successful hunt for her, and – you know, she's like, well, uh, when when can we come back and, and hunt together again? Uh-huh. So yeah, like you, it's it's pretty neat experiencing. And we had, you know, it, all things considered, it was not a, a phenomenal turkey hunt by any means. Um, but it for for her to be able to to take and be ready to come back and, and do it again, it just it speaks to the the power of that camaraderie mm-hmm. and. Uh, how how awesome an experience it is to to share with with other people you bet you bet well certainly appreciate it, sir cannot wait to chase another turkey together um next year hopefully hopefully this time you'll be coming west and bringing uh, bryce yeah. and we can chase something out here yeah we'll have to do a road trip out there that's right that's right well, sounds I heard, good, I man. hear those uh, Missouri birds are a lot easier than these Virginia ones. Ah, they, they'll <laughs> throw a challenge every every now and then, but they just they like to gobble, and it makes it much easier to uh, oh, to I, stay on them. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and who doesn't like to chase a goblin turkey? That's right. <laughs> well, man, appreciate right, your time. Yep, we'll uh, we'll chat later. But thank you. Yeah, ma'am. Take it easy. <laughs> All right, next up on the podcast is Caroline. Caroline, are you there? Yes. Hey. What is up? New Hunter. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Good deal. Good deal. Well, we're happy that uh, you had the experience there of the um, Old Dominion one-shot hunt there. That was, correct me if I'm wrong, but your first experience hunting whatsoever. Is that right? Yes, that's right. First time ever. Man, were you nervous? I was definitely nervous. Um, I was especially nervous when I got closer to the turkeys and I was getting ready to like, oh no, here I go. I might actually, <laughs> I might actually shoot this gun at something. <laughs> right. They kicked in even more then, but sure. Yeah, I definitely was nervous. Well, and it it is tough, probably going with or or your first introduction. It wasn't like it was just like, hey you know, let's just do this weekend thing. You know, we'll, we'll go out. Like there was other people, you you were partaking in in an event that was bigger than just a normal first hunt. And then on top of that, 
your your boss is a good friend of my brother and I and like you're like, oh no, what what if all these things happen? I miss <laughs> or my boss is gonna know and all these other people <laughs> in the event are gonna know. But truthfully, um like we talked with Jenny earlier, you know, this this event is is the purpose behind it is to get new people outdoors. Um, and so you were the, the perfect person to be able to get out there and just experience a hunt in Virginia and the outdoors and all that has to offer um, for, you know, the perfect go around, honestly. So you're a little nervous going into it, but what were your thoughts as you're out there hunting? Was it kind of what you thought it would be? And it, I guess what maybe Bryce, your, your boss, or, or what we had kind of described earlier? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot different than I had used to think about hunting. I definitely have a lot more respect for it now, I guess, like staking out and hiding out. Like it really is a really cool experience. And I've heard a lot about it from my boss and Mm -hmm. people I've known have hunted and everything, but I've never really got the opportunity to do it myself. So it was really different actually being in those shoes instead of just hearing about it. Sure. And it was a really cool experience going out and just being out there and kind of, I don't know. It's just, it was a lot different than I would expect it to be actually. Um, it was really exciting too. I, I kind of was like, Oh, well you kind of just stake out and you sit there and you wait, but we're like actively moving, trying to find them and like all the different calls and all that stuff. It was really eye opening. Sure, sure. Um, and I definitely have a different respect for Turkey themselves. <laughs> after going into it yeah they're really crazy cool animals they they are and and a little background on on the hunt itself so we didn't hear unfortunately birds goblin good on the roost and we had to go out and kind of run and gun is what we're what we call it basically just cover ground try and get Mm -hmm. a bird to to respond and finally mid-morning um we got in on some birds and they closed the distance and we had two jakes a hen and two gobblers, two long beards within 40 yards of us for probably a half hour. And you're probably thinking, listening to this, how did she not get a shot? But it's just one of those scenarios <laughs> that the birds work in and you kind of get pinned down. There's so many eyeballs. The Jakes are coarse. They're like, hey, I'm perfect right in the shooting lanes. But with those yeah. long beards so close, we're like, well, let's, let's kind of hold off and, and you know, we'll, we'll try We'll try and uh, coax them in just a little bit, but unfortunately, it just never worked. And like you said, I've a lot. Every time I'm, you know, you're in tight, close to an angel, uh, an animal like that, it's like how much more respect you gain for that animal because those longbeards were just so leery of closing that distance, and yeah. they just stayed out there for 35 to forty yards and just never offered a good clean shot. But that yeah. experience was like. Even for me, and I've been fortunate enough to experience things like that quite often. It's like, ah, it's just, you you never can seal the deal when you see that bird come. It's like something can always come into play or, you know, you're throwing a curveball and you're like, well, there you go. That's hunting. It's not killing. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, yeah, exactly. It was, it was really cool. That it really changed my perspective on what really goes into it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you, I think at one point you were like, don't move your fingers so much. And it's like, <laughs> you really can't even move a muscle. Yeah. Like I was like, kind of like my fingers were going numb and I was just kind of like barely moving them. And you're like, no, <laughs> like that. You're, little you're probably thing. like, is this dude for real? 
Like I was like, dang, I didn't even realize that that would just throw them off completely. Like it's crazy, which is why I have more respect for for Turkey in general now. I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I I learned the hard way because I used, you know, when I was growing up, I had my dad over my shoulder, and he's like, I can't do that. Nope, don't do it. You can't. You know, you're gonna you're gonna ruin a hunt if they come in and do that. And it's like, dang, I I. I Every new hunter goes through that. And honestly, turkeys, with their eyesight the way they are, it's incredibly tough um, to, to move or, or make adjustments, you know, when they're that close or even at a distance. They're just so keen and have such good eyesight. Um, you you learn those lessons quick. So it's it's a, it can be a challenging animal to start with, but also one that teaches you a lot of lessons right out of the gate. And we had that. We had a good morning. Yeah, it was it was really fun, even though we didn't get to I didn't really get a shot off. It was still a lot of fun and eye opening for sure. Definitely, definitely. So I know everyone's going to ask, but first experience, first morning, um, what where do you go from here? Do you are you excited to try it again? Um, Where do you see yourself now as, Okay, I've experienced the first hunt. You know, what's next? I really want to get out some more. And now it's almost like. I'm really competitive, so it's right. almost like a challenge to now I want to get one really bad. So hopefully I'll get another chance to get out and actually get a shot off at least. Um, maybe not be so nervous to to take the shot and um, sure. get one of the turkeys. But, yeah, hopefully my boss will, will take me out because he's an avid hunter. Definitely. As you explained, he was a guide at the one shot. So hopefully he can help me out and get me out there and I can go – out a couple times and get a lot better at it. Certainly. Certainly. And it's one of those things that the more you go, the more hooked you get. And it's, it's cool from my perspective. And I know Ashton's as well as, Hey, listen, we had, we had a good hunt. We had fun. It was enjoyable. We got turkeys within range, but you know, turkey hunting can offer much more than what we experienced. However, it was enough to capture you and kind of hook you and think, Hey, I want to do this again. I want I want to um, try hunting again, and um, that's that's encouraging and awesome, awesome to hear. Um, another question with the the one shot hunt. You know, what's your perspective being new to hunting on that event itself, and kind of what it does for let's say the the community the community or the the state of Virginia and kind of that perspective of a non-hunter to a hunter and those who might look in on that event. I think it's an amazing event. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit um, about how growing up, like you said, your dad was able to, you know, teach you how to hunt and everything. And in my family, we don't, you know, none of us have ever hunted or anything like that. So it's a unique opportunity to have somebody, an experienced hunter, be able to go along with you and and teach you to do all these things with something I've never experienced before. And I wouldn't necessarily get a chance to do anything like that if it weren't for something like the one shot event. And I think that's, what's really cool about it. And it's, I think it's good to, to educate. Um, I know there was some younger kids out there too, who went along and I think that's where it becomes one of the most important aspects of the event is just educating and, getting that experience out there so people will get excited about hunting and, and doing things like that. Definitely. Cause yeah. it's hard if your family isn't necessarily a hunting family or, you know, 
into that already. Oh yeah, it's it's hard to get. I mean, ju- just access to land itself, as uh, Jenny and I talked about, it can be tough if if you don't have, um, you know, private land to go on. You know, public land is not um, accessible or close to your area. It can just be tough, and then and then you have to learn the ropes yourself if you don't have that mentor, that that guide to help you along that process. It can be a, a very um, challenging thing to get into uh, and not get frustrated right off the bat. Yeah. So, I was definitely thankful to be able to go out with you guys and, and actually get some experience. Definitely. So what did your what did your friends say, people who had known you or family who had known you forever, been like, okay, you know, I, I understand she's got – and you, you're a wetlands compliance, correct? That's your job. Mm, yes. So yes, I am. People, people know that, you know, you like the outdoors, you like being outside, but didn't grow up as a hunter. What was their reaction to you saying, hey, I'm going hunting? They were, they were really shocked. Yeah. Because I've, I've kind of, growing up when I was in high school, I was kind of, I wasn't anti-hunting, mm-hmm. but I guess I was just not educated on the subject. I was like, why would you want to kill you know, something. And I was, sure. you know, kind of naive to the whole thing. Yeah. So my family was like, really, you're, you're going to go like kill something. And I'm like, you know, it's actually a lot more respectful to go out and hunt than to go buy something at the store. Like I look at it completely different now and right. I think it's really cool. And yeah, my family was definitely like, Caroline, really? You're in camo and <laughs> what are you doing? You have camo on right now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, they thought it was, I mean, because wetland studies, we all, we have all kinds of, we're, yes, very outdoorsy. We have a bunch of hunters and, sure. you know, camo gear we always wear. And every time they see me in camo now, they're like, well, who are you? But <laughs> they were definitely surprised, but they thought it was cool um, that I was willing to try something different and step out of my comfort zone. Certainly. No, that's definitely respectable. Um, what do you think, one thing you said there that was, that was pretty cool, um, you're talking about I guess kind of knowing where you know the meat comes from and the respect that you have to go out and actually harvest an animal and then eat it and everything versus going mm-hmm. to the store. At what point or, or was there an event or something that you read or you just learned that kind of had that mind shift for you, that mindset change? Um, I think it was really kind of getting into wetland studies and mm-hmm. having, having Bryce, you know, tell me more about hunting and just, he kind of educated me on it. And I realized how much he, it wasn't really just for the trophies, you know, going to hunt, you know, mounting stuff or doing all that. Like it's, it's about, he loves to eat the meat and to cook it a certain way and do all this cool stuff with it. And he kind of changed my mind on that. Um, Uh which I definitely respect a lot more than like, I think it's cool if you go out and you can hunt your own meat. Like that's pretty, I think that's awesome. Definitely. And so now, yeah, he kind of changed my mindset on that, I would say. Um, before that, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if, if I want to, you know, kill something. But I think it's, it, he completely shifted my mindset on that, I would say. Good deal. It's, it's like it's like the hunt doesn't just begin and end in the woods or with a trigger pull. There's, there's something much greater. It's, you know, the relationships that you build throughout the process, you know, the ability to spend more time outdoors, which you already love. And then take that animal that's harvested and actually, whether it's provide something for a family or just for yourself, and just yeah. enjoy that next process. Um, that's huge. It, it's definitely a, a full circle kind of thing. And I'm glad that he was able to share that with you. And you, you know, take it in with an open mind, though, too. A lot of people, 
if they're against it, they're against it. But you know, you were able to take that information, process it, and now we're like, hey, I want to, I want to try it. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's really cool, and it's a cool thing to say, hey, you know, like I'm eating something that I actually went out, and I think it it gives more respect. You respect the animal more when you're out there and you're in their environment, and no question, and all of that. It's really cool. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Any any other closing thoughts or, or anything else you'd want to say or maybe encourage someone else? We get a wide range of people who listen to the podcast or maybe address someone who's thinking about taking someone else out as a, as a mentor or as a new hunter. Anything you'd want to say to them? Um, I would just say, you know, do it. You know, ask those people that maybe would have questions about hunting or maybe they don't, they seem a little bit timid to, to go out to just take them out and show them, educate them. Don't be a don't be intimidated by someone who's, I guess, afraid of hunting or, you know, it's kind of out of their element. Kind of don't push them, but, you sure. know, get them out there and get them trying new stuff because I definitely am happy I went and I look at it a completely different way now. And I think it's a powerful thing to do um, to educate people on it because I have a different mindset on it completely now. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time and thank you for trying it and sharing that experience and being a part of the uh the one shot hunt there. I know, uh, I know Bryce is going to certainly take you up on the request to go back out and go hunting. And if not, then I'm going to text him and let him know, (laughs) Hey man, you're dropping the ball. Yeah, (laughs) he definitely will. I'm sure he will. No doubt. No doubt. Well, thank you. Oh, you bet. Thank you for your time. And, um, no problem. We'll catch up later on. All right. See ya. See ya. Well, there you have it. That right there is the Virginia one-shot hunt. In a nutshell, wrapped up from many different perspectives. Um, you know, I think it's an, it's important to share events like this, especially in our day and age, um, to, to highlight the opportunities that are out there. Um, for, again, whether you are a guide, whether you are a landowner, whether you are a novice new hunter, there's things out there who are trying to get people just involved get them partaking in hunting as a sport as an as a recreational opportunity um, to be able to get out there and see the natural resources being managed um, and and what they look like and and, and just partaking in that spring is such an awesome time to be able to do it so um, I want to hear you guys thoughts though on on the program on the hunt itself Um, Again, like Jenny stated, there's there's a lot of other states that do something similar to this. So be sure in your respective area to reach out. Um, if they don't have it, maybe push for it. Maybe say, hey, you know, I think that this event, you know, it's been successful in other states. Would like to see you guys adopt it. If you need help, let me know. I, I'd, I'd like to, um, you know, be, be on the front end of that. Or if it is active, you know, see if you can become a, a guide or um, open up your land to, to doing something like this. It's just super important as we talk often, um, to extend out that arm to other hunters, to other, um, landowners and just become, become more of a one, um, community out here as as landowners, as hunters, conservationists. We've got a job to do. This is this is just one one job that we can do here, and, and I think the event does a great job of showcasing that. So, um, but would love to hear your thoughts. So let us know on social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, or be sure to email us at info at landlegacy.tv. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on it. 
So guys, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate your time. Um, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. See ya. <laughs>